This is Emmanuel Today. Taking steps towards God's possible in your life. I want to welcome all of you here today. Those of you that have come back, maybe you visited us last weekend, I want to say welcome back and uh, feel free to keep coming. And, you know, as we focused in on Jesus, one of the things that happened is the New Testament goes along, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel story of Jesus. We can discover that Jesus is a lot of things. You can read through all of the red letters, the places where Jesus spoke in your Bible and, and discover so much truth about him. And many of the people that followed alongside of him were a part of his group called the disciples. And then there was a crowd of people that were followers of Jesus. They didn't know that on the other side that Jesus was going to die and rise from the dead and ascend to heaven at some point. So they were going to face a moment in their story that would probably surprise them. You see, Jesus had dropped these previews of his death and his resurrection, and he had prepared his disciples for life after his return. But nobody really knew how life after Jesus would look. It was uncharted territory. The story of the early church that is recorded in the book of Acts chronicles how ordinary people were propelled by the Holy Spirit into a missional life that has changed all of history. And the church had faced, and that New Testament church faced opposition and imprisonment and deportation and death, but they also saw the supernatural. They saw souls saved. They saw the gospel spread geographically to every corner of society. And instead of shrinking back in fear, Holy Spirit empowered the earliest Christians to bravely face the future. Now we have the same opportunity to follow the Spirit as we move into our own brave new world. So thus the title of the series, we are going to partner with the New Testament church, discover what they went through in the book of Acts as it chronicles the story of the New Testament church and its growth. It went from a very small group of people to changing the world. And we're gonna discover that we can learn from them in their story and it applies to us in 2018. But I wanna encourage you to think about not only the story of Acts from a historical perspective, but to go, what does Acts chapter two have to do with my day today? What is it, what is God saying to me? And discover what, what the word of God is saying and we'll do our best to help you. We're gonna go, go ahead and look at Acts chapter one. Turn there with me if you would. Acts chapter one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Acts. The four gospels and then the beginning of the new church. What's incredible about this is Acts was actually written by a guy named Luke, Dr. Luke. Luke gives details. He's also the one that wrote the gospel called Luke. And so you can see that there's actually two parts to his story. If you were, volumes. Volume one, gospel of Luke. Volume two, connected. It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings, right? Part one, part two is Star Wars, whatever you want to think of, trilogies. The, the next step to the story is Acts chapter one. Okay, here we go. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven and after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them and he commanded them, 
Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. All right, so this chapter one is kind of a, uh, a summary of the gospels, if you will, that Luke is saying this is what is important as we now move in to this rest of the book called Acts. What Jesus said, and he could have drawn from any of Jesus' conversations, but Luke draws from very important elements of the Gospel of Luke, what Jesus had said, and he pulls it into Acts chapter one. They are connected, all right? They are meant to be together. And what Jesus was planning long before was now going to begin to commence. You see, Jesus had a sequel planned that would change the world. He passionately declared that the people he would leave behind would do amazing things. He was more ready than perhaps they felt. And he knew that his disciples were capable of moving beyond just belief and they would fulfill his mission. And then everything would become new. It was a new story. They were used to Jesus being around, but now it's like new, it's uncharted territories. We've never done this before. A page would turn and people would experience a brand new reality, a brand new world. They had to have courage to do this though. They had to look with maybe not total confidence, but they had to have confidence in the face of fear. They had to still move into the future. And you know what? That would be the case for every person under the sound of my voice, no matter what stage of life you're in. Some of you in here, you are a new believer, and you're like, I don't even know anything about this church thing. I just showed up to church, I came back to church, I just know God is doing something in me, and I want you to know that God wants to provide great courage for you in your story, and you can make it, but just as much Somebody in here that is older and your body is failing you and you can't do quite as much as you used to do. And by the way, I'm discovering I had to move to size 14 font to preach from because my eyesight is changing. I'm like, what is going on with me? I need to have courage to go into uncharted territory, if you will, and believe for the future. But you might be a school teacher, a business professional, a business owner, and all of us, no matter who we are, we need to make some courageous decisions, choices to move into our future. I love what Peter Drucker said, whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. Then it's true, You're, you are going to make courageous decisions and then the success comes out of that. Today, I want to declare to you that Jesus' story in you will move you forward. What are the things that we are moving toward? What is the new world that you can walk into? Where will the Spirit prompt you to go? 
The Spirit is always dynamic, always moving the church. And the Spirit started in Jerusalem, but the church kept moving. And then throughout the entirety of the book of Acts, which actually spreads over 30 years in length, you might read one episode and think that that's every day like that. That would not be the truth. The truth is, is that they went through all kinds of uncertainty and somehow, Somehow they found a way together to discover identity, acceptance, and hope, and we need to find what they found. We need to discover that in our own story. We can find the hope to move forward. I love the story of Acts. So we're gonna read through it. We're not gonna go chronologically one chapter after the other, but what we are going to do is we're going to look at the critical brave new world actions that the New Testament Christians had to step into. And we're gonna look at it through the lens of Acts. The first one is this, they followed the Spirit. They followed the Spirit. I want you to look at Acts 1-4 again. Do not leave Jerusalem, Jesus said, until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In order to understand what Jesus is saying, you actually have to go back and read the Gospel of Luke and you'll discover that throughout Jesus' story, the way that Luke told it, Jesus was always relying on the Spirit. He would pull away from the crowd and he would pray to the Father and the Spirit would empower him to do things. Jesus modeled for his disciples how to live a life with the leadership of the Spirit. And so when Jesus was gone, guess what his disciples did? They followed in his footsteps and they too would need the Spirit. Jesus had promised, and you can find it in John 14, 15, and 16 and other places. Jesus promised that when I go, don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Don't act like you can't make it. Don't act like you don't have all it takes that you don't have enough memorized. In a sense, he says, you don't even have to worry about what to say. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit will guide you how to live. And friends, I want you to know there is no one that the Spirit will not lead if we let him lead. Holy Spirit is available to lead all of us. No matter your church background, no matter what your old church believed, no matter whether or not you know enough of the books of the Bible, you don't even know where Acts is in the New Testament perhaps. You can go to the table of contents, by the way, for that. But it doesn't matter where your background is, I want you to know Jesus' promise is for everyone today. And that he can lead us. And anything that you see throughout the entirety of the book of Acts is not the source of it, is not extraordinary people. It's ordinary people trusting in an extraordinary God. And Holy Spirit did extraordinary things through ordinary people. Everything they did in the rest of the book would be traced to the reliance on the Spirit. When they experienced persecution, the Spirit gave direction. When they encountered fights between each other, the Spirit provided wisdom. By the way, there were conflicts all the time in the New Testament. Believers fighting with believers, not just with the, 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 the persecutors outside the church. And the Spirit would give them wisdom. Sometimes it meant that they had to separate and they had to go from one place to another. Leaders of the church that weren't meant to stay together forever. And you know, you're not always gonna resolve every conflict in your life. But if you follow the wisdom of the Spirit, He will guide you where you need to go. We'll talk more about this in, this in this series, but the Spirit was not just important for one event in chapter two that a lot of Pentecostals like to point to, but the Spirit is a part of every chapter. 
We're going to look at how we can follow the voice of the Spirit in our decision-making, in our timing, in our steps to take. But friends, we must seek to be Spirit-driven instead of agenda-driven. We must seek to be Spirit-driven instead of agenda-driven. You know, uh, I have the privilege of, as a pastor, of walking alongside so many people from all over, every, every background, every socioeconomic status, ethnic background, it doesn't matter, even years of following Jesus. And I have discovered that many times we have a tendency as human beings to go, you know what, I gave my life to Jesus and I surrendered to him. But that was so many years ago or so many months ago that, that uh, I'm running into problems now. I'm, I, know my, I know my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I know I'm following Jesus, but I feel like somehow uh, things aren't working out for me. One of the things that I will inevitably ask people is, well, are you following the lead of the Spirit? Are you following God's direction? Or do you have the agenda you had before? You're still going about your business, you're ordering your life, handle your finances, do everything the way you did it before Jesus. Or are you learning to bring your entire life underneath the leadership of the Spirit? And I, I want you to know that if you want to have Spirit Results, you gotta follow the Spirit. If you want the life promised in the Scripture, then you gotta bring your life underneath what the Scripture tells you to do. You can't just simply say, I, I, I don't like my life, I don't like what's going on, so I'm going to worship God on Sunday, but I'm gonna order the rest of my life the way I wanna do it or the way everybody else tells me to do it. And then expect God to have great results for your life. No, it's learning to take your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all your friendships, all the things that you do, and bring it under his leadership. And he is not some killjoy in the sky that's gonna try to take out all the fun of your life. No, it simply means this. He actually takes all the crud out of your life, and he makes your life even better when you have a spirit agenda to your life. Ah, let's go. The second thing, and I wish I could preach it more, but we're gonna preach every week about the spirit being a part of the story. But the second thing, the brave new world action steps that the new church had is they were water baptized. And water baptism was a part of the story of the New Testament church all the way through Acts. But it's that way because Jesus led them to be that way. How many of you trust Jesus? You're thankful that he's forgiven your sin. He's written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? But if you're going to let Jesus be your leader, then you gotta follow his lead, okay? So Jesus did this in Mark 1. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. So Jesus himself went into the water. John the Baptist baptized him in water, dunked him in the water. He came up. How many know Jesus didn't have sin? It wasn't like he needed to be cleansed. But what he was doing is he's showing, how many know leaders lead? They step in first. Parents? You want your kids to be godly? Guess what you gotta do? Ah, they're more likely to follow your example than they are to follow your instructions, right? 
So you gotta lead the way. Jesus led the way. And as he jumped into the waters, he then said everybody else has gotta do it too. John 3, 3, Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Matthew 28, the great commission before Jesus left, he turned to his disciples, he said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In other words, go and make disciples, but you need to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said baptism is important. And after Jesus ascended, his followers now turn around. In Acts 2.38, you'll see how Peter stands up and he tells the crowd, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, repent and be baptized. Other places, it's believe and be baptized. Baptism became a big deal for the New Testament church for more than one reason. I am a believer in Jesus, and now I am becoming a follower of Jesus. And then the action is, is to go down into the water, under the water, as Jesus went down and died in the earth, and then coming back up, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. It's symbolic of following Jesus and believing in him in the death and the resurrection and coming alive. His life becomes my life. I'm proclaiming to the world around me that I am a follower of Jesus. This was so fundamental and had to be seen and known amongst all of the New Testament church that water baptism was a critical thing. You see, baptism is cleansing and identification with Jesus. Water is a symbol of cleansing, the ceremonial cleansing of the Old Testament, the washing of the hands. There is a cleansing that takes place. How many are thankful that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness? That he literally cleanses us. This symbolizes it. And by the way, just because you were baptized 35 years ago doesn't mean you, you need to stop being cleansed by the washing of the word of God. It means that we've, we're doing this as the initial step, if you will. Romans chapter six, Paul says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a what? New life. We too may live a new life. There's promise on the other side. It is a launch of something new, a beginning of something new. It was no turning back. They're making a decision. They were all in, mission on. They were going to follow through with the mission of the kingdom of God. In a sense, they were now saying, I'm not living for myself. I'm now living for and with Jesus. It is co-mission, mission together with Jesus. In other words, I'm not living for myself anymore. I am doing it with Jesus. I'm following after him. It's kind of like a wedding ceremony, if you will. Uh, Jody and I will have uh, April 16th will be 24 years. And uh, it's fun. But every wedding that I've ever, I've ever performed as a, as a minister or I've attended, Everybody, there's this moment, everybody hears the vows, there's the song, there's the tears of the parents, there's the, 
the handing off of the bouquet and everything else. But when the minister gets up and they say, now it's my privilege to present to you for the very first time, Mr. Wah, 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 right? And uh, whatever those names are. And everybody in the crowd cheers and there's this recessional and there's dance music or something else going on. And they walk out. They haven't even lived one day yet as a married person. But they're celebrating something that is coming. What's beginning. They know it's not all gonna be easy. They know they're gonna go through difficult times. They know it's gonna be tough. And I know that when I sit through a wedding ceremony, one of the things I always do is I end up grabbing my, the ring that Jody gave me on our wedding day. And it reminds me that I'm in it for the long haul. This is something I remember from 24 years ago, okay? Next Sunday when we experience baptism in here, we get to celebrate with the believers that are identifying with Jesus Christ, but we also who have been baptized get to remember our baptism. We can remember, yeah, I'm still in. I'm in on the commitment. I may have fallen down. I may have even gone through backslidden moments in my story, but I'm coming back. I'm still in Jesus. That's what baptism is all about. Those New Testament believers did it and they knew that it was at the risk of losing their families. It was at the risk of losing relationships, of, of losing their profile. Followers were gonna drop off their Instagram accounts because not everybody believed what they believed but they so believed it that they stepped in and they said, I'm going public. Baptism is an intentional decision to follow Jesus all the way publicly, all the way. It's moving beyond belief into following him all the way, following Jesus in his life, his death, his resurrection. And then we are not just baptized into Jesus in his life, but we're also baptized into his family. Ephesians four, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. See, Jesus' life, Jesus' family becomes our family. And this is why it was so incredibly important in the New Testament that each individual believer, how do you know who's in and who isn't? How do you know who's a part of the family and who isn't? You know, in America, it's still semi-popular to have a designer cross around your neck but that doesn't mean you're following Jesus. So how did the New Testament believers know who they could trust? They could be turned in. They could be turned into the authorities and stoned to death or thrown to the lions. But when you knew that somebody went public with their faith through water baptism, you knew they were willing to put their, neck, their life on the line. Christians in the church world over time have made a significant difference in our world. Yes, there have been Christians that have messed it up and maybe they weren't following Jesus' example, but that was the exception, not the rule. People you are joining in the family of God have an amazing history. They've changed the world. They've built universities, orphanages, hospitals, and schools. The Christians that were called abolitionists during the slave trade of, of the first ugly years of American history would rescue slaves out and find a home of freedom for them sacrificing their life sometimes. Christians give to local churches and through local churches to needs like kingdom builders. 
for the communities around them. Here at Emmanuel, since 1963, we've given over $16 million to the needs in our local community and around the world. That's because we're all in. We believe, we follow Jesus, and we don't have to worry, he's got our back. So what does baptism have to do with our brave new world? Let me give you two things today. Two things that I think are critical to our brave new world, our 2018, number one, Everyone should consider moving beyond belief. Everyone should consider moving beyond belief. If you haven't made your own decision to be baptized, it's important to step into the journey and follow Jesus. If you have been baptized, maybe you need to take another step in your faith and step out of, the, out of theater religion where you just watch and believe, and maybe you need to take the next step. You say, well, what if I was baptized as a baby Various religious parents allow their kids in different denominations to baptize babies. And the parents' desire is that their kids would come and follow Jesus. I champion that. I want the kids to follow Jesus. That's our original design. Here at Emmanuel, we dedicate children, and then we baptize people when they're old enough to make a decision for themselves. So if you decide to be baptized as an adult, it doesn't cancel or nullify what your parents did through baptism as a baby. It fulfills your parents' desire. You are now old enough to make your decision and you step out into the waters of baptism. You fulfill that original plan and desire of your parents. You are choosing to be a follower of Christ and identify with him. And every time that we are baptized, to see baptisms in here, everyone else can look and see the people that are being baptized and remember our own decision to leave all and follow him. Second thing, what does baptism have to do with our 2018 Brave New World? We begin to measure ourselves by the direction we're going and less by where we've been. This is kind of the core of the whole series today. I'm wanting to say as a pastor, church, listen to me. God wants to speak to you no matter what season of the story that you're in. No matter if you're single or married, young or old, if you have money or no money, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. We have a responsibility to lean in and to hear the voice of the Spirit prompting us to move into the new. The overwhelming human nature is to hold on to the comfort of the old to cling to it, to, to hold on to it as our safety. Even dysfunction can seem normal to us. But if we are following our leader and the spirit is leading us, then we need to learn that he's going to uproot us from our past and move us towards his dreams. And there are greater things ahead of you than behind you. Second Corinthians chapter five. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Thanks for listening to Emmanuel Today. For more messages, visit emmanuelcc.org.